The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Everything seen and unseen has its roots in God. Everything. Everything seen and unseen has its roots in God. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 9 calls God the father of all spirits. Every spirit, good and evil, has its roots where? In God. Is the father, the word father there is source, is the source of all spirits. Is the source of all spirits. And everything was good up until a time where one of the spirits that God made, called Lucifer at the time, rebelled against God and said he's going to set up his own government, blah, 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 blah. And God chased him out of heaven and you know, problem began. So, that act created two supernaturals. So, we have what we've called the positive supernatural, and we have the negative what? Supernatural. The person that says that uh, the devil doesn't have some supernatural stunts is lying, you know. Praise the Lord. But all power belongs to, to God. God once has spoken, twice have we heard, all power belongs to God. Moses dropped his rod to demonstrate supernatural power. What did the magicians of Pharaoh do? When they dropped their rod, did he become frog? He became a serpent. A original, legitimate serpent. But what happened? One serpent swallowed up the other. That is the difference. Praise the name of the Lord. God wants to unleash you and I into a greater level of his supernatural power and you and I will experience it in the mighty name of Jesus. So, you have the negative supernatural, you have the positive supernatural. The access to the positive supernatural is only through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except by, by me. The negative supernatural, the devil gives people different options. There are different deities, different gods, different priests, different, even some of them call themselves churches. Negative supernatural. And to lay this foundation, there are four things um, we need to understand about the supernatural. The first thing we need to understand about the supernatural is that the supernatural is unseen. You cannot see the supernatural with your natural eyes. The supernatural is unseen. Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 3, Hebrews 11, 3, the word of God says, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything, anything sorry, that can be seen. The Amplified Version says, So that what 
we see was not made out of things which are visible. Everything that is visible today was made from what is invisible. So it is the invisible world that created the visible world. The planets, the stars, the mountains, the oceans, the water, the earth, the grass, the tree, everything you see today was created from the unseen world. Everything, including man. Praise the Lord. So, the supernatural is unseen. Number two, the fact that the supernatural is unseen, in spite of the fact that the supernatural is unseen, rather, the supernatural is real. The supernatural is real. What you see is not all there is. (laughs) You know? Some people say that you cannot, this thing is not, have you heard it before? This thing is not ordinary eye. You've heard it before. You are vying for the same position. You are bidding for a contract, for instance. The person you are bidding with is not sleeping. The person you are bidding with you are competing for a position. A vacancy has opened in your office. And a couple of people are, like, are entitled or well qualified. It is not everybody that is relying on their certificate. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you want to get married. And... There's someone you are, you are interested in and you are prayed about it. But it's strange. The guy just followed one ugly girl. Or the girl just followed one ugly guy. Hi, pastor. And the girl is even ugly. I say, ah, sit down there. She has gone to cook something. <laughs> Listen, the reality is that you have a greater power. Christians, we don't use half. Half is even a lot. We don't use a tenth of the resources we have. I'm praying that we change today. If you knew how powerful your prayer, your prayer is, if you knew how powerful your prayer is, some of us, we keep praying. There was some guy in the occult that was saying, saying to me, I can't remember now, that when they do astral travel, when they do astral travel, there's a house they cannot fly over. Because that house, they do night prayer. And as soon as they do their night prayer, that, bar, that place, they can't just fly over it anymore. Meanwhile, when they are doing the night prayer, or God pray now, in Jesus' name, he be doing like the madam is dozing off. Even that half and half, God is honoring it. So they say when they want to fly, now oh, these people are praying, they have to go and take a longer route. Because they say that if you fly past, they say, okay, why can't you just fly? He says if you fly that past that kind of house, your silver cord will be broken. 
for those that know what I'm saying, silver cord that connects the spirit to the, to the, to the body. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. You know, so the occult people just copy the Bible. And so when they, when, they, when they levitate, when they leave their body, the silver cord still connects them to the body. Otherwise, once it's caught, they cannot come back to the body. They say if you fly past that kind of a house, there goes your silver cord. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. And there are Christians in that same house. It's time to pray. They will not pray. He says every night we will be praying, but it's every night the witches are flying. Praise the Lord. I don't know why I'm going this direction in this service. I was going in one other direction in this service. Let me, let me come back on track. So what you see is not all there is. The fact that you do not see something doesn't mean the thing does not exist. The fact that you don't see something does not mean that thing does not exist. I'm telling you, as wives, as husbands, you need to cover your wife spiritually. As wives, you need to cover your husband spiritually. A wife came to me that her husband was having an affair. And she went to the place to see the girl. See, she's not going to fight, though. She just wants to see the girl. She, she, she now came back. She said to me, I said, why are you deceiving? Why are you worrying yourself? That's not where the battle is. We wrestle not against what? She now came back to me and said to me, ah, Pastor, the girl is not even fine. She she cannot stand me. Then she got up. She did like this. She did like this. <laughs> ah, I said, yeah. <laughs> you are focusing on the wrong thing. The girl is focusing on the spiritual. You are focusing on the physical. It is not by power. It's not by power. And she abused her, abused her, abused her. I don't want to be the advocate of the girl. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, if you knew how powerful you are, you will take the battle where it really matters. And you will win. Praise the name of the Lord. You will win. Why am I even on this track? Let me just say this again before I go back on track. There's a man. You know, if you understand how much you have to cover, you understand why I'm saying I need to come back on track. There was a man whose wife, good family, doing well. They have about four children or something. I, I don't know. I can't remember. Then the mother of the husband just came and brought a little girl from, little not girl like that, like, I mean, 20, 22. And said, oh, my wife, you have done well for my son. You have born boy, you have born girl. But my son needs fresh blood. <laughs> fresh. Initially, the man said, ah, no, mama, I cannot take it. But his eyes, uh... <laughs> after a few days, he called his wife and said, you know what? You know, we have to listen to the elders. <laughs> now, true life story. Now, after a while, the girl, of course, the woman went into all sort of confusion, tried to fight in the physical. It wasn't working. Then after a while, she said, what am I even doing? She stopped fighting them. Then she would wake up at night and begin to speak to the walls of the house. I begin to say to the walls, in the name of Jesus, eject these people. She will, she will open our pots, 
speak to the stew. Open the water tank. Speak to the water. They ran from the house. Plus mama, plus fresh blood. <laughs> we wrestle not against. They ran away. When you are drinking water and the water is, is boiling on your inside, will you not run? Someone said to me, oh, um, the person is interested in my wife. I called the person. I said, I will kill you. <laughs> I, said to, I said to the person, not physically, I will kill you. And I left. The person ran. <laughs> Try it. I will kill you. <laughs> Spiritually. <laughs> there are some foolish men. They will allow other men to be toasting their wives. Fire. Everybody say fire. fire. Ah, you don't know anything. <laughs> the same way you have, oh, what am I going on this? I'm trying to come back on track. <laughs> the same way wives are to protect their husbands, husbands are the what? Don't think you are the only one that finds your wife attractive. You'll be shocked. My notes. <laughs> what you see is not all. There is. And if you are finding another woman attractive, run for your life. If she's not your wife, if you are not another person's husband attractive, run. Because you don't know the prayer they are praying. So that you don't use your head and collect what you should not collect. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So the fact that you don't see something doesn't mean the thing does not exist. I know some people they say to me, oh, Pastor, you know, as a pastor, I talk to a lot of people, one of one, try to lead them to Christ and, and, and their work with God. And they said to me, oh, Pastor, you know, I'm a free thinker, you know, I believe all these people are just too, um, what's the word they use? Oh, superstitious. They're just too superstitious. That I don't believe in it, it can't harm me once I don't believe in it. I say, oh, God, are you sure? You can't harm you once you believe in it. That's, that's a daft statement. Very daft. Even the physical science teaches us that things you don't see that can hurt you. Take a live wire, high tension cable. Can you see electricity passing inside? Say to the tension cable, I don't believe there's electricity inside. And touch it. What will happen? <laughs> you, <laughs> you will dance palongo. Listen, the spiritual world is real. You have to deploy it to your own advantage. You have to deploy it to your own advantage. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 15. The word of God says in 2 Kings 6, 15. It says, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops. Horses, chariots, everywhere. 
Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Verse 16, don't be afraid. That's the first thing you need to do, don't be afraid. Elisha told him, for there more on our side than on their side. Everybody say, there are more on our side than on their side. Then Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside round about Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Now, the, the, the man, the young boy, was in the presence of two forces. He was in the presence of the armed forces of Syria and he was also in the presence of the armed forces of heaven. But he could only see the armed forces of Syria. <laughs> I'm praying today that God will open your eyes to see the forces that are for you. Amen. In the name of Jesus. That every resource that heaven has released to you will be real to you. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. To solve the problem, Elisha said, simple. Lord, let him see the other side. What will make a man like Elisha be in front of a whole battalion of soldiers and not be afraid? Because he can see another set of soldiers behind him. Praise the name of the Lord. God is on your side. You need to begin to know that God is on your side. You need to begin to feel that God is on your side. You need to begin to walk in the reality that God is on your side. God is on your side. Everybody in this place that is a child of God has at least one angel assigned to him or her. At least one. Have you seen them before? See them, your life will change. Oh, believe me. Um, <laughs> sometimes, should I take you into some deep stuff? Are, are you ready? I'm checking. <laughs> sometimes, when you're in fellowship with God, maybe you're doing a prayer walk, you're walking, and you're talking to God. I'm talking to the Lord. Sometimes the activity of angels intensifies. And one way you know is all of a sudden the air of your body begins to stand up, right? If you, have you experienced that? You know, that usually when angels, activity of angels, that's usually not the presence of, of the Lord really. But when there's an activity of angels, it has increased. That's when that happens. Shall I tell you what to do next time? What you do next time, you speak to the angels, you tell them to reveal themselves. And they will. I thought, yeah, first of all, no. <laughs> Me, I don't do. <laughs> you see, I told you that. Are you ready for this stuff? Believe me. Now, don't, 
oh my, why did I even share it? Some people are confused already. Don't be confused. Greater is he that is where? In you. You speak to them to reveal themselves. If it pleases God, which usually does, they will. When they do, you will run. <laughs> oh, you are saying no? You have not seen anyone before. No. The first time, at least, no, let me say, the first time, you will almost run. They have checked the scriptures, even scriptures. Every time an angel reveals itself, the first thing they say is fear not. Check. Why do they say that? The first thing they say is fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Don't be afraid. Now, the point is this. As a child of God, now, that may not be for everybody. So, don't worry, it's not for you. The people that it's for, they understand. And God will take them to the next level. In Jesus' name. The point is this. There are resources at your beck and call. Use them. But you can't use what you are not aware of. The first thing is to be aware that you are not alone. You are not alone. My wife, I mean, it's, 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 it's usually a running battle because honestly, when I'm in the house, I don't lock the door. I don't lock the gate. Not because I'm putting God to test, but because I forget. <laughs> what makes me forget? Because they are with me. Honestly, I'm more. <laughs> uh, I'm struggling because some people can't bite these things. I'm teaching. There was a man, I know, the man was telling me. God showed him his angels. Why are we going this route? God showed him his angels. Now I'm struggling because I have content to cover. You know, if you're in first service, you know that this is not where I was, this is not the direction I'm going. I mean, in Texas. But maybe God is speaking to some people here. God showed him his angels. Six or nine of them. He said that that day, since that day, his boldness went to another level. So he said he was driving from, from Kano or Kaduna or something down to Lagos. And policemen stopped him at night and told him that ah, there are armed robbers on the road though, that he should turn back. Imagine policemen <laughs> stopping you and telling you, oh boy, don't go there. There are some serious fire, power, and robbers on the way. So just turn back. He said, he told his driver, drive on. What can make a man do that? He said, drive on. I'm not saying you should tell your driver to drive on. <laughs> if God has shown you, yes. But God showed him. That boosted his, his uh, what's the word? confidence. And true to it, he got there, they were, the car was surrounded, 
and the driver was shaking and he spoke some words and from nowhere the driver could see what was happening but didn't know what was happening hands from nowhere were just hitting the hand rubbers away boom boom they were flying off the road and the driver was like wow wow i said okay move 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 and driver drove away the driver's life changed if the driver was not saved and your guy says do you want to accept jesus now what do you think will happen A lot of us, we are too afraid of the riches in the village. Stop, stop, stop being afraid. They that are with you are more. Next week, we are going to look at spiritual warfare. You shred them. They are more than they that are against you. Some people say, oh, ah, pastor, you know, you, I can't really, you know, do this. I can't really do that. I say, Why? And he came to me and said, oh, Pastor, I can't, I can't go to the village because my mother is a witch. She has killed my sister and um, she wants us to come and she wants to kill me. Just after this God released episode, I said to her, go. I said, Pastor, I should go? <laughs> she can't do you anything. You are anointed. Can't you see? It is written, touch not my and do my prophets go buy yam for her she's your mother the woman that couldn't kill you when you were a child helpless now that you know God you are running amen number three hmm. the supernatural is not subject to natural laws Matthew chapter 14 22 to 23 Jesus, in Matthew 14, 23, Jesus came, sent his disciples away. He went to pray. By the time he, he, he finished praying, the boats are gone. What did Jesus do? He began to walk on water. He suspended the natural law of gravity, one. He suspended the law of surface tension of water. Jesus. When Philip, it's Philip, God wanted to take him to Ethiopia from Israel, from Samaria, I think it was Samaria, from Samaria. What happened? Philip just went and he appeared in Ethiopia. When he finished what he was doing, how did he go back? He flew back. I was saying in the first worship experience, and they were laughing. That imagine, to, to really understand what happened there, imagine you're going to the airport, you've missed your flight, you're going to the U.S., and everybody is panicking that, oh, the flight has gone. Say to them, don't worry, don't worry, give me my bags, and you... <laughs> <laughs> then you show up in the U.S. Some people, if they can do that at will, they will never buy tickets again. And that's the sweet thing about the supernatural. Everything is subject to God. Isn't that lovely? Everything is subject to God. 
So the supernatural is not subject to natural laws. Number four, not only is the supernatural not subject to the natural laws, the supernatural is superior to the natural. In fact, the word supernatural is from two words, supra from above and naturalis, nature. That is that which is above and superior to nature. To nature. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, how do I begin to engage the supernatural? How do I function in the supernatural? As I said in the first worship experience, I'm going to say it again. If you get this right, it may appear simple, but if you get it right, you're going to be operating at another level entirely. Praise the name of the Lord. The first thing you need to know, after you're giving your life to Jesus, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to who? The Father, but by, but by me. That's the first entrance. Then the next thing that must happen to you, you need an encounter with the Holy Ghost. I would say an encounter. You need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. It is the encounter with the Holy Spirit that changes everything about a church, about a person, about a Christian, is the encounter with the Holy Spirit. I shared how I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. When I gave my life to Jesus in my final year of, in university, I was skeptical about baptism of the Holy Spirit because I was saved. I was like, okay, thank God I'm saved, but this thing that they say, baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm not sure, you know, because there was a lot of excesses at the time. I'm not sure if those excesses still exist. <laughs> there were a lot of excesses at the time. You know, people were doing all sorts of things that Obviously, even an unbeliever knew this cannot be God. So when I got saved, I, was, I, was, I didn't want to touch you know, that. But the more I read the Bible, the more I got hungry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So finally, I was reading a book alone in my room back in the day. And I said to the Lord, the person that wrote the book said, stop now, ask God to fill you. And I said to the Lord, you know what? I really don't trust these guys that are saying they want to lay hands on me. to I'm sorry, Lord, but you know, if you are going to really baptize me, Baptize me yourself. And I lifted up my hands to heaven. And whoom, the Holy Ghost flooded the room. I was speaking in tongues. It's like, wow. And that changed my life. Totally. You need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. How do you get it? Seek him. God says, if you seek me, you will what? You will find me. Seek God. Seek Him. It's good to come to church. Someone to pray with you. Lay hands on you. It's good. Fine. But beyond that, it is He that is hungry that gets filled. Isaiah 55. So, seek the Holy Spirit. And you need to understand man. Man is a spirit. Everyone say, man is a spirit. Has a soul. And lives in a body. So, man is tripartite. Man is spirit, soul, and body. Uh, put up the concentric circles. Now, if you look at the concentric circles on the screen, that will come up shortly. Yeah, that's it. Now, pictorially, the innermost at the core of man is the spirit of man. Then the outermost part of man is the body of man. Where the spirit meets the body, you have the soul. Praise the Lord. So, if you are born again, you're a child of God, 
Your spirit is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to rule your life through your spirit. For those that are not born again, your spirit is open to all sorts of manipulations of the enemy, sometimes in full control, sometimes remotely in control. But I'm praying that you give your life to Jesus today and sort that out once and for all. Praise the name of the Lord. So, man is a spirit. So, you need to stand in front of the mirror, as I said, and look at the person in, in the mirror. The person you are seeing, that is not you. That's not who you are. The person you are seeing is just a shell. Who you are is the person on the inside. That is who you really are. Now, if, if that is the case, who do you take care of? Who do you take care of? The person on the outside or the person on the inside? The person on the inside. So, if you spend three hours taking care of the person on the outside, and you spend five minutes taking care of the person on the inside, who will be stronger? But if you spend three hours taking care of the person on the outside and spend 30 minutes, I'm not saying you, take care of, you shouldn't take care of the person on the outside. You should because if you don't, you will leave this world very quickly <laughs> and spend 30 minutes taking care of the person on the outside. Who will be stronger? person on the inside. So we interact with our natural world primarily with our senses, and we interact with our spiritual world primarily with our spiritual senses. So the same way you can touch, you can smell, you can see, you can taste, you can hear. Spiritually, you can see, you, can, you, you should be able to see, you should be able to smell, you should be able to taste, you should be able to hear, you should be able to touch spiritually. So can you bring up the second circle, um, circles? Now, this is how it really plays out. You have... The green parts represent the natural world. That is the natural world. The world you are in right now. You have to go to work. You have to run your business. Da, 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 da. Do your family. Everything. Natural world. The spiritual world. The supernatural. That is where it is. Your physical body and, and your mind interact with the natural world. Your spiritual body and your mind interact with the spiritual world. Where there is an intersection, you have your soul. When the spirit leaves the body, do you understand this? Good. When the spirit leaves the body, the soul, there's no need for the soul anymore. The soul ceases to exist. Praise the name of the Lord. So, if you understand this, you know that God wants to come into my world, my physical world, through his supernatural world. So, when I spend time with God, I am taking resources from this supernatural world that I can deploy in my physical world. Praise the Lord. And there are principles that guide the spiritual, the supernatural. We're going to look at four of them and we'll close. Principles that guide the supernatural. The first one is, the, is what they call the source principle. Or what I have called the source principle. Everybody say the source principle. The source principle is simply you are your source. You are your source. You are your source. You are your source. 
If your source is God, you carry the fullness of God, whether you know it or not. If your source is the enemy, you carry the enemy, whether you know it or not. John 3, 6, it says, that which is born of the flesh is what? Flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is what? It's spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. First John 4, 4, says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. First John 5, 4. First John 5, 4 says, for whatsoever is born of God, does what? overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world even our faith first john 4 first john 4 says beloved let us love one another for love is of god and everyone that loveth is born of god and knoweth god he that loveth not knoweth not god for god is what if god is love and god is my source then I shouldn't have a problem loving. This is how you know the children of God from the children of the enemy. Children of God love easily. The children of the enemy find it difficult to forgive if they forgive at all. They say, Pastor, I forgive you now, but every time I see her, my stomach, I just feel like breaking her neck. You need to allow God to take control of your heart. Praise the name of the Lord. The source principle. Principle number two. The principle of hierarchy. Everybody say the principle of hierarchy. There is hierarchy in the spirit. The lesser bows to the greater. That is the principle of hierarchy. Simply stated. The lesser bows to the greater. Either voluntarily or by force. The lesser bows to the greater. So we have the Father, the Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost, believers, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness, living places, then unbelievers. Everybody is on their head. May you be a believer today. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> the principle of hierarchy, the lesser bows to the greater. Hebrews 7, 7 puts it this way. It says, without a doubt, without a contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the greater. The lesser is blessed by the greater. Every one, one of the ways with which I uh, discern people that are spiritual, or to easily recognize people that are spiritual, people that are spiritual discern spiritual authority easily. People that are spiritual, when they see spiritual authority, they know it. Whether it's a child or an adult, they see it, they know it. People that are not spiritual hardly have a clue. You see, they know it. And Jesus is the highest authority. Praise the name of the Lord. The Bible says that for God has highly exalted him and has given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should what? 
should bow of things in the heavens, of things in the earth, of things beneath the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Glory of God the Father. Spirit, the occultic people, they see spiritual authority. They know it. They know it. I'll show you how I was with one of the obas in this country. One of the obas in this country. And we're having a very interesting discussion. And at the end of the discussion, I said to him, because I went with a colleague of mine, and throughout that discussion, he ignored my colleague, and he just focused on me. So I, I said to him that, Oga, I didn't even introduce myself as the pastor. We just came together. In fact, I think the guy went sat before me. I can't even remember, but there was nothing that could say. I said, but you've ignored my colleague totally. You know, and he said to me that, ah, pastor. He said it in Yoruba, we interpret it. He said, kilefimikwe. Kilefimikwe means what do you take me for? That I will see, I will look at two people and I cannot tell who is who. He says that when he gets up and he does this incantation, that demons, they are demon spirits, they come out. And he got up. I said, okay, I don't do that incantation here. Because <laughs> I'm in charge. And he now said to me that, for you, pastors, you are higher than us. You are, you are higher than us kings. He says, when we were small, they taught us spiritual hierarchy. Ah! And I said, Chai, that's why those people are so powerful. Because if you understand spiritual hierarchy, <laughs> you will not fight some battles. And he said to me, you guys are power, more powerful than well. And he said that some pastors come. This is, he, oh, that some pastors come to his palace, and he had to send his his um, people to go and check that does that church really exist. I said why? He said that the pastors come to his palace because he's a, his palace is huge and all that, and he's a very you know very popular king in this nation. If I mention you know his name, I wouldn't. He says the pastors they come to his palace and they prostrate. He says, the moment they prostrate, he knows they, are, they don't know who they are. He says, but you came, you did not prostrate. Because that was, that was the truth. I entered the place, I said, I, I said to myself, should I prostrate, should I prostrate? Ah, culturally, I should prostrate, because just to give him honor. But I said, no, I'm not, I'm not here for culture. I'm here to represent a kingdom. Yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm here to represent a kingdom. So I went in, I shook his hands. <laughs> and, we, and we had a very interesting discussion. Very, very interesting discussion. And one of the things that came out was, for me, is that ah, these guys, the reason they are as powerful is simple. The spiritual is a highly legalistic place. If you, um, if you, I don't put it. Okay, let me let me put it this way: the way Jesus puts it. If you give a prophet a cup of water because he's a prophet, you will not miss the prophet's reward. Do you know what that means? 
that's what they operate. So they, if they see a seri- superior power, they say, ah, I'm loyal. Do you know what they have done? Yes, we are, they are piling you. You are not going to erode their influence. Do you understand? Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> All right. Principle number three. I'm, 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 I'm saying, do you understand? Do you understand? Because people are on different levels. Some people understand, some people don't understand. So, you know, my job as a pastor is to try and carry everybody around. So if you understand, fine. If you don't understand, the Holy Spirit will give you understanding. In Jesus' name. Principle number three, the principle of delegated authority. Everybody say delegated authority. Delegated authority. Simply states, delegated authority is not diminished authority. It means that when authority is delegated to someone, that authority is as though when the authority is used, it's as though it is used by the person that delegated it. So it is not diminished because it is delegated. The example we gave is the woman um, at law school, the woman that does the traffic. You know her? You know, all of us, a lot of us know her, at least of her, you know, because she has stopped us and passed us at different times, you know. When she wears her uniform, police uniform, and a trailer is coming, and she does like this, what does the trailer do? The trailer stops. Why does the trailer stop? Because, is it because the, if he doesn't stop, the woman has the power to stop it? No. The trailer stops because the woman is using the delegated authority of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. So, if the trailer disobeys the woman, who has the trailer disobeyed? The law of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. And what should happen if the trailer disobeys and goes? What should happen? They should send the SWAT team, the Marines, the Navy SEALs, until they hack down the trailer. Uh, Nigeria will get there. Say amen, say amen. Why? Because it is not that woman. It is the government she represents. Now, if that same woman is on vacation in Ghana, and there's traffic jam, there are traffic lights is not working, for instance, and she says, oh, I remember when I was a soldier... And she goes to Ghana. I say, oh, yeah, you stop. You go, 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 go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what will happen? They will take her to a psychiatric home. Something is wrong with her. What's the difference? Jurisdiction. With delegated authority comes inherently jurisdiction jurisdiction. There are some battles I don't fight. There are some battles I don't fight. Some people, <laughs> I have friends, maybe, I, maybe I'm visiting a, a friend in their country and they have one issue on I don't get involved though. I don't get it. God has not called me there. I just go there, oh guys, oh, have a good time. And I go. There are some battles I fight like this. I don't get hands and feet involved. Someone comes to me and says, oh, pastor, tells me this long story, serious thing that needs serious spiritual engagement. But I'm like, 
okay, but have you told your pastor about this? He said, yes, I've told my pastor, but you know, then I talk about my pastor, you know, ah, I don't fight it because I'm not your pastor. I cannot use my head and enter this battle where I can be using it for some other people that actually really needs it. Where I have jurisdiction. Praise the name of the Lord. That's how it works. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18 to 9, 20, says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Now you go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus has delegated that authority to us. And in Acts chapter 19, verse 13 to 16, Acts 19, 13 to 16, Acts 19, 13 to 16, there were a group of people, the Bible says there were a group of Jews that were traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of Jesus, the Lord Jesus, in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, ever say a leading priest, were doing this. But one time, when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? Then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, attacked them with such violence that they fled from their house, naked and battered. What was the difference? In the name of Jesus, that... uh, Paul preaches. Who is it to you? You, you, you. In the name of Jesus, ah, that my ass fellowship leader preaches. My very powerful ass fellowship leader. You, who is it to you? <laughs> Finally, trigger number four. And sorry, <laughs> principle number four is the trigger principle. The trigger principle. Simple also, words are triggers in the supernatural world. Words are triggers in the supernatural world. Hebrews 11.3 we read, The world were formed by the words of God. Exodus 14.28 Exodus 14.28 God said, Say unto them, the children of Israel, As truly as I live, says the Lord, As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Be careful what you say. Because you will have what you say. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you say about your spouse. Be careful what you say about your children. Be careful what you say about your life. How are things? Someone says, ah, pastor, times are hard. Because I want that. Because sometimes there's no money outside. If you say there's no money, there will be no money. Don't you know? Oh, they've used the treasury bills to mop out all the, all the money so there's no money. Meanwhile, the people that are still making this money are making it. So where are they getting it from? Because they believe that there's money. <laughs> Praise the name of God. When you say things are hard, how do you think things will be? Ah. When you say all will be well, 
What do you think will happen? All will be well. All will be well. Say, okay, things may appear to be hard, but all will be well. And God will come through. Matthew 11, 20, 36, Matthew 11, 36, the word of God says, I'm giving you a lot of scriptures deliberately because you need to go and check these things out yourself. Matthew 11, 36 says, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Every idle word. Some people, they just talk carelessly. But one word that they've spoken can bring doubts into the hearts of people or cause division or do all sorts of nonsense. And they think they will go scot-free. They are joking. Every word you will account for. Praise the name of the Lord. How careful do you ought to be then? Mark 11, 23. Mark 11, 23. For assuredly I say unto you, whosoever says, everyone says, says, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have what he says. He will have what he says. What are you saying? What are you saying over the challenge before you? What are you saying? What are you saying? You have to say the things that God will have you say. I did say in the first worship experience that those of us that are parents, we have to teach our children how to use words. You have to teach them how to use words. My grandmother and my mother taught us how to use words. Again, simple scenario. If somebody say that um, curses you, make sure you don't go without replying that person. So the person curses you, we were taught to cancel it. So we cancel it. And they said to us, if he curses you again, you cancel it and you warn them. If he curses you again, you cancel it and you curse them back. <laughs> ah. Children have gone to school and have come home with all sorts of baggages. Their parents don't even know where they are coming from. They are children and they learn. Remember the story of a six-year-old, seven-year-old in a school and the, one of the students, classmates possessed with devils, a demon, was manifesting in school teacher was running, calling principal, everybody. You know, nobody wants to go near a demon. You know what the seven-year-old did? The other said that, this is how my daddy used to do it, that they should bring the child. And they brought the child. And he said to, he spoke to the demon. He says, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the demon. In the name of Jesus, come out of her. Guess what happened? The demon came out. And the child was calm. And he said, hey, hey, he began to call the parent. Ah, what are you are doing? Continue to do it. <laughs> Some of us, I'm telling you, it ought not to be, our children, they see 
their classmates manifesting demons. They are the first to carry their bags and run. At least my parents taught me to run. Eat and run. Eat and fight and run away. Leaves to fight another day. They taught me that one too. But they taught me to confront first. If it's not working, that's where you run. The point is this. Our children can... The Bible says that concerning the children, that children are the heritage of the Lord, the fruit of the womb is his reward, that like the arrow in the hands of the mighty man, so is the children of the youth, that they speak to the enemies where? At the gate. Children have capacity for spiritual discernment more than adults. You don't need to agree with me. Just go and find out. They perceive more than you do. If you will only talk to them, they will tell you things that you'll be shocked that they know. I was in a car with a friend of mine. This guy, I'm going to close on this, had had a lot of tough time, rough time, financially. So his wife was driving. I was in front. They went to pick up the the little boy, can't be more than six at the time, was sitting at the back. And they usually would travel every year when the father had money. But for a couple of, I mean, I don't know how long, the man has been really broke, 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 broke. So the son asked the mother, Mom, when else are we going to the U.S.? And I could see the mother was embarrassed because they don't even have money to buy soup. This boy is talking about <laughs> the U.S. And she, she collected herself. And she said to him, his name is Tumiche, she said, Tumiche, ask Jesus. And right there and there in the car, the boy bent down his head, talked to Jesus, and lifted up his head, smiling. When he was smiling, the mother was looking at him from the rear mirror and said that, what did Jesus say? And the child said, Jesus says, I shouldn't worry, that we'll go next year. The following year, the whole family emigrated to the U.S. Doors, the doors that opened, the man himself could not understand it. Now, many of us have our children that have a relationship with Jesus. We are running about looking for prophets. Meanwhile, <laughs> just ask the little guy to talk to Jesus. Of course, if you have any issues talking to Jesus yourself. The point is this. The spiritual world is real. Children have an amazing access to the spiritual world. A lot of people don't understand why I love children so much. If you see their angels, they have angels. You know they they have angels. And the angels give reports every day. It's scriptural. Before God. And if you play with a child and you, you know, and the angel is giving reports. What did the angel say? Oh, that's oh, Femi showed up and played with the child today. <laughs> and the father said, okay, that's good. And when ten angels are saying the same thing, say, okay, let's even bless this boy called Femi. You know, let's take him higher. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't know how it will come. But the point is this. The spiritual world is real. We've done an introduction today. Next week, we are going to begin to look at spiritual welfare. 